I appreciate Brett uh, letting me speak uh, this morning. Um, I was going to try to make it uh, uh, without crying, but you know that's not going to happen. Um, I think sometimes, like, whenever you go through what I've been through with, uh, with the cancer, uh, over the past five years, you kind of get focused on yourself. Uh, and you're, you get tunnel vision. You're just concentrating on what it takes uh, to get through today. Uh, and sometimes you forget about uh, your spouse uh, that's going through the same thing as you are. Uh, that she's there with you. And uh, I asked Judy if she wouldn't mind to maybe share a little bit about what we've been through and, and maybe her testimony. Okay, I'm going to try to be short. With asthma, after I sing, I can't talk very well for a while. But uh, about five years ago, we thought Neil's tonsil, it swelled up. We thought, oh no, he's going to have to have his tonsils out. Went to the doctor and instead of hearing, oh, we've got to set you up for surgery for tonsillectomy, we heard, Neil, you have non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and the type of cancer you have is mantle cell. So when we left, and I meant to tell you, Neil's message today is brokenness. So that was the beginning of my brokenness. We went in thinking he was going to have surgery. We left, me, not knowing if he was going to live or die. So that was the very beginning of my brokenness. For the next few weeks, everything went fast. Neil works in the hospital, so they got him into appointments. Boom, boom, boom. And when we finally got our appointment going to Emory, that's when we found out if you don't have something done, if you don't have the right treatments, you will die. And so also is when we found out, Neil, there is no cure for the cancer you have. This type of cancer will go away and come back, go away and come back. So when we left Emory, and thank you, Mark, for taking us because we didn't know what we were doing that day, but uh, we were broken. That was the next part of my brokenness. Uh, I'm going to try to get this, this without crying, too. So anyway. That's why I wanted her to talk. You'd cry first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the next few weeks we were going, you know, why, Lord, why, Lord, why, Neil? You know, he does so much. Why, why, why? Well, we got to the point where we were saying, Lord, help us. For some reason, you're allowing this in his life. And my one prayer, I mean, the one verse, let me say this, was Philippians 4.13. That was my number one verse. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I prayed for strength. I prayed for peace. I prayed for love. Constantly, this was my verse. And then also the next verse that always came to me was Hebrews 13.5. I will never leave you or forsake you. I am one of God's children, and I knew he would be with us. Okay, so we started going to hospitals every week, every week. Different chemo treatments, different, different cocktails, just all kinds because this is a bad cancer. So anyway, it's time to go to Emory for our month to stay. This was where they were going to uh, destroy Neil's immune system, and then he was going to have a stem cell transplant. I'm scared, and I was worried, constantly praying for Neil, praying, 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 and all of you were praying with us. When we got to Emory, it was just a different world. We were on the cancer floor so everyone on that floor had cancer, everybody. 
And I had been so consumed by praying for Neil, praying for Neil. The Lord talked to me. You're only praying for Neil. What about all of these other people? So while we were there, they wanted all cancer people. It was a round hallway, and they wanted the, uh, everyone with cancer to make laps, make laps, try to go a mile, try to go two miles, keep walking, keep walking, and we did. And then I got so convicted of, I was only praying for Neil and my family, that every day, every door we passed, I would pray for the person in that room with cancer, because they had problems too. Some were worse, some were not. It was a scary place, but God gave us strength. He gave me so much strength when I was about to hit the bottom. So here comes stem cell time. This was when I hit the bottom because I watched Neil lose 60 pounds. I watched him. He was sick. He was depressed. He was sad. He couldn't sleep. Um, then he got on the prednisone, high doses of it. He gained 15 pounds of fluid. And it, all I could do was sit there and watch him. It's very, very hard. But I would still pray for him, and I would pray for all those other people on our floor because they needed prayer too. So at night when Neil couldn't sleep, I'd lay there and cry and pray, Lord, help him. Please heal him. Well, it hasn't been God's will to heal him yet, but I truly believe he is the mighty healer, and it is up to him to heal him. But if he doesn't, I know he has blessed us, he has helped us, he has given us strength, and he has given us hope. So if you are going through anything right now, and you feel like, I will never get out of this. That's how I felt. I felt our life changed. We can't do things like we used to. Neil doesn't feel like doing a lot of things. He can't do manly things like he used to, such as working around the house. He's not able to. But you know what? Our son-in-law helps us. And I want to tell you one thing and thank all of you. Facebook was a godsend during that time. Chris, uh, everybody, everybody, I can't even name everybody, Kenneth, Mark, the prayers that you sent to us daily, the words, you would send verses, this, and the Lord got us through all of that. Thank you. But what I want to tell you, I know that's really fast, I'm sorry, but Neil told me not to be too long, but... It is still scary, and if you are going, you feel like you're at the bottom, there is a way out, and his name is Jesus. He will help you. Lean on him. He will surround you with his love. He would fill you with the strength you need to get through this time. Neil got to go home. He was in remission, and a few years later, he went back. Cancer came back. He is now in remission again, so keep praying. We believe in God. And it was a hard time, but he has been with us through it all. And if there's any way that we can help anyone here who needs strength, just come to us. We'll try to help you the best way we can. But always lean on the Lord. And we love you all very much. Oh, let me tell you this. I was going to show you my cross. This went to every hospital that we went to. It went to Emory. We, would pick, we put pictures of our family on the wall. But this is the one verse in the cross that I took everywhere with us. And it says, hope, you can see. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on 
wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. That's Isaiah 40, 31 and Hebrews 10, 23. Thank you. You're not going to hug me. We're going to be in Matthew 11, uh, and I'm going to use uh, verses 1 through 6. Uh, man, uh, I appreciate uh, Judy being with me uh, through all this. Uh, uh, going through this, like she said, my message this morning is more about brokenness. That I, I told her... Uh, more than one occasion than I was done that I just couldn't do it anymore. Uh, but uh, through God's strength, through His mercy, that uh, I'm able to be with you. And if my eyes don't clear up, I'm not going to be able to read this scripture. But uh, in uh, Matthew 11, I don't know if we got it on the... It, it, it says this. Now what came to pass when Jesus, Jesus finished commanding his 12 disciples that he departed from there to teach and to preach in the cities. And when John, and we're talking about John the Baptist, when, when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, this was the question that John was asking, are you the coming one or do we look for another? And Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see, the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. And verse 2, I said, we're talking about John the Baptist. And John the Baptist finds himself uh, in prison. And what I want you to try and catch a hold of is, what do we know about John the Baptist? What do you recall about John the Baptist? I remember that he's one boldly preaching out in the wilderness. Do we recall that? That John was the one uh, out in the wilderness, that John was the one that baptized Jesus himself. That John said, behold, becomes the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. That John said, I'm not worthy to lose the sandals of Jesus. But where do we find him right now in his brokenness? He says this, are you the coming one or do we look for another? I think that's what happens to us in our, in our brokenness. It's happened to me that whenever things knock us off our feet, whenever things come out of nowhere unexpectedly and we have a life-changing event, that we begin to maybe question who Jesus is, that maybe we begin to have uh, doubts about uh, our faith, about where we're going with this, with this Jesus. Is it worth it to continue uh, to follow Jesus? And that's where I've, I think John was at uh, at this point, that he was beginning to question who Jesus was. And to me, you know, John's brokenness, yes, it was his prison, but I also think that his brokenness was his isolation. 
that he was experiencing by himself. He had no freedom at this point. He wasn't preaching. He wasn't doing what God had called him to do. So here he was possibly also feeling forgotten that he was in this situation. Sometimes whenever things begin to uh, come in our life, you know, we begin to focus on ourselves and begin to say, you know, oh me, you know, poor me. I often, I often think, too, that maybe John was, you know, depressed. We don't like to talk about that a lot. But as Judy said, you know, I would uh, had the doctor counsel with me many times. You know, he would say, uh, I think you're depressed. I say, no, I'm not. He say, I think you're depressed. I say, no, I'm not. You're making me mad, but I'm not depressed. But, uh, but we would have those battles back and forth. And then I can see where I was looking, looking back on things that, that John was possibly, you know, depressed at this point. And kind of want to bring out this morning or try to is I see some things in this, in this scripture and, and in my life, whenever we get in these places uh, of brokenness uh, to try to bring us up, uh, out of that, that that God has ministered to me mightily uh, over these past five five years, and I guess I'd ask you this morning to think: What's your brokenness? You know, have you lost your faith? You know, do you have family troubles that are overwhelming you? Do you have health problems, or does somebody that you love have health health problems, and it's just uh, overwhelming, you know, to you to watch that? You know, maybe you're feeling forgotten. You know, I know that's easy to do whenever you're, you feel like you're the only one that's going through uh, these situations. And for me, of course, you know, my brokenness has been cancer and, and, and dealing with all the things that come with it, uh, which I didn't really expect that has knocked me uh, off my feet uh, more than I'd like to, to make mention of. But if, for example, and I don't know why it happened, well, I went in for my treatments over these, this year. Uh, I went in three times, and it happened every time uh, that, I, that I went in that I would go to my appointment, and I would go and take my place where I always sit. It's kind of like church. I would always sit in the same chair uh, whenever I went to get my treatments. And uh, if you've never, uh, I hope you never have the misfortune of being in an infusion center like this, but... Uh, there's about 15, 20 chairs there where people can get chemotherapy or blood or whatever, antibiotics, whatever they're needing. And I went down, Britain, and I, I sat down on the end where I always sat. And I looked down the road, and I'm the only person that's there. It has to me every time that I went. And I just said, God, is this what my life's come to? Why am I here? I could be doing a whole lot more than sitting here getting this treatment, but here I am. And I sat there and I leaned back and I did like I did time and time before. I slipped on my headphones. I think everybody thought I was rude, but I slipped on my headphones and I began to listen that God loves me, that God hadn't forgot about me that God has a purpose, that he has a plan for me. And through that music, I realized that if God can use me as broken as I am, that he can use you 
as broken as you might be or might feel that you are. You know, uh, if you'll look in Scripture, God loves to use broken people, people that are imperfect, people that, that have their own problems, their, their own doubts. God loves to use broken people. So don't ever be embarrassed about your brokenness or what you might be going through because I have come here time and time again in my brokenness for God to lift me up and set me back on the feet on my feet and try to move forward with Him as best I can. I want to give you some things this morning that I see in these scriptures uh, that I, like I said, that I think can help us come out uh, of our brokenness. And my first thing that I would tell you is that my circumstances don't diminish what Christ did for me on the cross. I, I've mentioned to you before, if you've been here any length of time, whenever I was able to talk the last time, that I got overwhelmed with my salvation. Was I dealing with uh, cancer and, and, and my, my life being changed forever? Absolutely I was. But God placed on my heart what He did for me through the cross, and, and I could not think about much more than that because that began to shift my thoughts from poor me to thank you, Jesus, what you've done for me, you know, through the cross. And, and I, would, I began to weep all the time, and I, and I wasn't crying about my cancer. I was crying about how much God loved me to send His Son for me to die on that cross, that Jesus loved me enough that He was willing to go to the cross for me, that He loved me. But I have to tell you, my circumstances don't diminish what Christ did for me on the cross. And I'm trying to repeat that because I know it's in your app if you're uh, able to use that. But the second thing that I would tell you is to seek out and pursue your relationship with Jesus. That's what John did. John wasn't physically able to get to Jesus. But he sent two of his disciples to say, hey, I need you to go ask Jesus this and, and come back to me because you know what? I'm in a place of brokenness. That I need an answer. I need a word from Jesus. I would tell you if you're experiencing some brokenness, some situations, some problems, some trials, don't give up on life in the Word. Don't give up on worship service. Don't give up on reading your Bible. Pursue it. That's where I've found peace more peace and mercy and grace than I can express to you. Don't give up on pursuing your relationship with Jesus Christ. I think that's one of the first things we do whenever we experience problems or something difficult comes into our life. We begin to pull back away from Jesus, away from our relationship with God, instead of trying to push forward and say, God, you are the one that I need. And I realized that from the beginning. God is the only one that, that can meet my needs that I have. The doctors can only do so much. I begin to realize that. You know, they can tell me that my life expectancy is such and such, you know, but only God knows that for sure. Whenever my time is done, that's whenever He says it's done. So I would encourage you to seek out and pursue your relationship with Jesus. The next thing I'd tell you, it's okay to bring weakness to Jesus. Sometimes we just have to come broken. To Jesus. Sometimes, church, we just have to come honest before Jesus. And that's what John did. That's what I see with his question. 
that he had for Jesus. You know, are you the one or do we look for another? Wouldn't our church be a whole lot different if we all decided to come and be honest? If we all decided to quit trying to play the perfect Christian, to put on a certain front and say, you know, everything's perfect in my world. You guys could see that things aren't perfect in my world. I don't have any hair. I haven't had any hair for a while. Uh, but besides that, I know I've been here and I've looked pale and I've looked sick, and I am and I was, but you know what? I wanted to be here. I knew where I could gain my strength from, and that was in this place, in God's hearing breath's message of encouragement, you know, hearing what I needed to in life and the Word to try to pick me up and get me through the next day. And I'd tell him, and I think uh, John did the same thing. He, he told, he, he was telling Jesus and confessing his struggles that he was having. And gosh, I, I would encourage you to do the same thing. You know, if you're having some difficulties or challenges in your life, be honest with Jesus. Just tell him, you know, and I've had to do the same thing. God, I don't understand this, but I'm trusting you. Father, that your will will be done in my life. Uh, I'm going to give you another scripture here. It's uh, Philippians 4, 6, and it says, well, what I want to tell you is praise and worship God no matter your circumstances. And I'm going to try to find that real fast. In Philippians 4, 6, I practiced this so I can do it. It says this, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, here's the key, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. One thing that, I, that happened to me time and time again is that whenever I would begin to pray about my, my situation, that I, I couldn't praise God... I couldn't ask for my healing and for God to help me without giving Him praise for who He is. That even when I didn't feel like it, and I got in trouble for wanting to come so much, but whenever I wanted to, to come, I wanted to be in God's presence uh, to worship and to praise Him for who He is. You know, was my situation difficult? Absolutely. But that doesn't change who God is. That He's still in control. He still sits on the throne. He's got each of us in His hand. And he's leading and guiding each and every one of us. So I would tell you to praise and worship God, no matter your circumstances. I wasn't able to sing, and I know some of you were grateful for that. But I wasn't able to sing, but just being in God's presence. Listen to Michael lead the music. Listen to the choir sing. And each of those, it just lifted my spirits up. You know, just to try to be there with you to praise and worship God. You know, no matter your circumstances. I would also tell you this, and this one's kind of a tough one sometimes. Take joy in others' lives. It's not all about me. I think that's what Jesus sent back to John whenever he, he said this in verse, uh, verse 5. Well, in verse 4 he said, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see, the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, 
The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Everything that John had been preaching about, everything that John had been foretelling, John was a part of that. As these people began to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and they were able to go to Jesus and be healed in different aspects, you know, John had a part of that. I think Jesus wanted him to know that, that he was, the, of course, the, the forerunner in this situation, that John had been there. And I want you guys to, to think about this for just a minute. Over the past five years, think about what you all been doing. I know some of you has had celebrations over that time. Some of you have uh, uh, gotten married. Some of you have uh, graduated high school, you know, started college. Some of you have had children. And some of you have had multiple children uh, uh, during, during that time. And uh, think about what I've been doing. We've, we had our own blessings in there, too. But I've been doing 82 infusions of chemotherapy. I've been doing seven, I've had seven different biopsies uh, during that time. I've had uh, more procedures, more exams, more blood drawn than you can even imagine. But you know what got me through? Whenever Judy would come home and tell me, guess who's getting married at the church? Guess who's having a baby? Guess who's celebrating this? Guess who's buying an airplane? Those things, because you're my brothers and sisters in Christ, I knew that God was working. He was working in your life. And he may have not been as evident in my life, but because you are my brothers and sisters in Christ, that lifted me up. When you were celebrating, I was celebrating too. And I thank you for all that you've done for us. Uh, I, would, I would tell you in verse 6, it says, to keep being faithful and trusting in the Lord. Uh, I was going to try to recall that from memory, but I better look at it. And John And Jesus said, blessed is he who is not offended because of me. And what that word offended means, it means kind of a stumbling block or like a falling away. And I would encourage you to not, I think some of the, one of the first things we do is we begin to get mad at God when things don't go our way, whenever uh, things aren't happening uh, the way that uh, we want them to. But it was a reminder to me this morning in life and the Word, uh, because as Jesus taught us, He said, Thy will be done as it is in, on earth, as it is in heaven. And sometimes we don't pray that way. Sometimes we want it to be uh, my will uh, be done. God, not, not your will be done. But I would encourage you to keep on trusting uh, and being faithful uh, to the Lord in spite of your circumstances, in spite of your uh, situations. There's a song that I listen to. It, it talks about uh, letting go uh, of every single dream. But God, I'm going to trust you. You know, when you don't move the mountains that I want you to move, God, I'm going to trust you. I felt like I've let go of my dreams of, of the husband uh, that I wanted to be, of the dad uh, that I wanted to be to my kids. I've had to let go of my dreams about being the grandparent that I wanted to be.
uh, to my grandkids. But I'm going to trust God through it all. I'm going to keep my faith in Him, and, and I'm going to move forward as, as He guides me. I've shared with Brett that over the past five years, I have witnessed to more people about Jesus Christ than I ever did before I got sick. And to me, if that's the only purpose that comes out of it, that's enough. That's enough for me. And I'm going to give you two more things, and then I'll be done, I promise. Uh, let's look down at... Uh, ah, I didn't want to do that. Let's look down to verse uh, 28. Still in the same chapter, chapter 11, verse 28. If you find yourself in a, in a, pla a place of brokenness this morning or needing to come to Jesus, this is what he said. Come to me, all ye who labor uh, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And that, in that, uh, when Jesus uses that word yoke, Right there, we we often hear it most of the time described as uh, the 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 wood that's I can't think of the right word that's placed between two animals, you know. So they in balance will pull the weight that it will be shared uh, in that. But as I looked at that word, also it can also mean uh, the balance of a scale. And I thought, you know, how neat that is that whenever circumstances come into our life and cancer begins to uh, affect us or whatever the problems might be, that, you know, my, my life got out of balance. But whenever I brought my troubles, my circumstances to Jesus, He began to put things back in balance. But one thing that the Lord gave me, do I still have cancer? Yes, I do. You know, but is Jesus there with me to balance that out? Yes, He is uh, each and every day. And that other word that's used there where it says rest, to rest, it means to, to refresh, uh, to recover, and collect one's strength. I can find no better place to find rest and to recover and to renew your strength in Jesus Christ. And the invitation this morning, if you have a need, if you have a circumstance in, in your life that's too overwhelming, I just ask you to come and, and lay it at the feet of Jesus, that He's the only one that can meet our needs, that He's the only one that can lift us up and, and place us in and have the purpose to move forward with Him. And if you wouldn't mind, if you would bow your heads with me this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, and I, I thank you for the opportunity. I thank you for the strength and, and, and the words to be able to stand here. Uh, this morning. God, you convicted me uh, beyond imagination. But, and I was so scared because I didn't know if I would be able to express and say what I needed to say. But whenever Greg said about the power of God is more than stronger than anything, I knew, God, that you'd be with me once again. And Father, I pray for the congregation this morning, God, that if they have a need, if they have a situation in their life, God, that is just uh, causing them to be broken, God, that you are the place of healing. 
Father, that you are our all in all. Father, and there's no better place that we can recover, that we can find rest for our souls. Father, I just pray that this invitation is yours and that you would have your will and your way according to your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.